and welcome back to Now Screaming. I'm Liz Smart. <laughs> and I'm Eva Culbertson. And we're watching horror movies. Specifically the Saw movies. Yeah. This is the Saw episode. The Saw episode. If I love that. If you've been watching along like we warned you to <laughs> in anticipation, this is where it all pays off. Yep. In this episode of Recent Screams, we're going to talk about the entire Saw franchise. Yeah, Saw. If you... Actually, we're not going to talk about the first one that much, because no, we have we a whole did. episode. If you if you have seen it, we are, our last episode was about the first Saw film. So this will be about the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Though, as with this franchise, it all circles back. So... True. We can't... T- you can't talk about one without talking about all of them, which has been my experience. Not, I mean, not, not eight and nine, but like one through seven feels that way. I think that it all, it's interesting. So let's just get into it. <laughs> you know, I, we, especially on like a recent Screams episode and, and planning on watching as many Saw movies as we could stand to before the release of Spiral from the Book of Saw in theaters. Mm-hmm. I never planned on talking about the plot of these movies the way that we might on a regular episode. Right. But it's impossible to do that it with is these impossible. movies. Also, the way we watched them, which I will describe briefly, which is that we watched the first one, you know, normal pace. A week later, I watched the second one, I think. And then we watched three through eight and then nine in one weekend, yeah. Friday through Sunday. Yes. Um, This was both a terrible thing that we did and also the best weekend ever. I would say the only way to do it. I that's how I feel. I don't think most people are going to do that. No, and you I, I don't know that it's good for you. No, it was not good for my brain. <laughs> but if you're going to watch all the saw movies and you I haven't think seen them before, you should binge them as hard as you can. I think that we will talk about a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, shortly. We lived in a little world and it was like a really satisfying way to just sort of like exist for a little bit is how I feel. And it was and it was surprising. It was a surprising experience. Satisfying is an interesting word choice. I want to get ahead of this. We should walk movie by movie to some extent. And for those who haven't seen Spiral yet, given that that's in theaters, we'll put a timestamp in the description and we'll talk about that at the end separately. So yeah, it'll be very separate from, I feel like, the conversation of the of the first seven and a little bit of eight, though. We're going to talk about the first eight in full detail. Yeah. Like, nothing is safe. We're going to spoil it. So yep. if... That if, if it's important to preserve to the twist, which I actually think it should be, Saw I, is about twists. You're going too far. The thing I wanted to say is, you're going too far. Spiral will be separate, so if you want spoilers for that siloed, we're going to do in the episode. The rest of it we're going to talk about all is one. You are being so positive about the Saw I franchise. I know, it's insane. And we have to talk about the fact that we did not like Saw as much as... Nope. I, in rewatching it, I did not like it as much as I did uh, when I was younger, and you didn't care for it much at all. Not at all. On your first watch, none of neither of us had seen the rest of this franchise. I had seen part of two, but not finished it. And we were going into this totally fresh. I, I we have to say up front that these are not good movies. No, and I please think it's don't lie to them. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to lie. I I think it's really important also to say that I watched three and four, and was mad and was like actively like, why am I doing this? Like this is so stupid. I hate these movies. I'm not enjoying myself. And then watched. Uh, I guess five and six. No, five is the worst one. Yeah, and then I, I think five and six. We were like, um, nah, nah, nah. we'd heard six was a, a fan you're favorite. Getting ahead of this, you're, you're going too far. You're spoiling. 
We said we were going to spoil everything. You're spoiling the narrative of this podcast. I'm trying to get to the... You said not to lie to them, so I'm trying to tell them the truth. Which is that I didn't care about Saw a wit, and I was actively mad we were watching it, and I was annoyed and grossed out and frustrated by how stupid they were. And then we watched Saw 7, and I was like, oh my god, it all makes sense. I love it. I get it. I understand it all now. I love Saw. I'm a convert. And that was the journey of Saw for me. I think I feel similarly. We've definitely been Saw-pilled. Absolutely. We were locked in a room and watched nothing but Saw movies for three days. And we emerged to the other side feeling generally positive about this Changed. franchise. Which is insane. If you yeah. go listen to our Saw episode, if you haven't done so yet, we were very hard on that I film. went back and listened to it after watching all of the Saws because I was curious what I said. And I, I maintain my thoughts about them about about the film but i feel now that i understand it more and am more forgiving of it because those things became like sawisms you know what i mean yeah like we were really critical me especially of like the wonky timeline in saw and then what happens when you watch eight saw movies is you're like oh wonky timeline is a feature not a bug like that's it it's purposeful yeah. it's supposed to feel insane and like well, actually, that's not true. It's not. It may not even be intentional, but it is part of a Saw movie, and buying into the wonky timeline is, like, part of enjoying yourself, I feel. Which, again, I cannot blame you, listener, if you don't, because these are bad movies. They are very bad. I will say, like, again, I came out of this, like, I love Saw. Saw's the best. It's all I thought about for, like, several days uh, if anyone, if anyone follows syndrome. me on Twitter, I was like, think, I was literally just saw posting for like three days. That's just Stockholm Syndrome. That's not real correct for these Correct. Things. But I don't think any, I think only one of them cracked a three star on Letterboxd for me. Yeah. Like I didn't actually like these movies. I just loved them. It's complicated. Okay. <laughs> it's a complex emotion. If that doesn't make any sense, that's because saw movies don't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, I think that we on this podcast, and me in particular, I will take ownership of this, are very critical of this era of American horror. Absolutely. And... I don't think that's you in particular. Listen to our Jason uh, episode, our, our episode of on Friday the 13th. I rip into the 2000s. I yeah. hate I hate the 2000s in horror. This podcast started with me being so hard on Platinum Dunes, and now you've been <laughs> fully uh, brought over to my side. Yeah. I just, I think that everything that I and we don't like about this era of horror is exemplified by the Saw franchise. This was an annual franchise every year until 2010. Every October, there was a new Saw movie. You would think that we got to watch horror evolve, but really we just, it just demonstrated the stasis of the aughts. Of the 2000s specifically, you're 100% right. And I think that Everything that's wrong with <laughs> horror is exemplified by these movies. They look yeah. cheap. They look bad. They look often way too digital. Um, the performances are bad. Sometimes they'll just throw in C-list actors who have a name like Donnie Wahlberg to try to like inject some oomph into the franchise. Or Scott, what's his name from Gilmore Girls? Oh, yeah, Luke. Is his name Scott? I don't remember his name. I know his name in Gilmore Girls. Okay. It's Luke. Everything that makes 2000s horror movies unpleasant, unpleasant specifically, 
is on full display here. You know what's funny? I actually feel like the the my my biggest gripe with two thousands horror movies is not which is what um the really rampant sexualization of women um like it's a, it's it's in this like there isn't there is a full frontal scene and I believe four three. three you're right it's three um but it doesn't it doesn't feel the way it did like specifically not to keep referencing this but it feels like the time that I most like dug into this it's not like in um the Friday the 13th movie where it just is like the remake no it's not the remake which one was it Freddy versus Jason yes it was Freddy the versus Jason the only one that's in the 2000s yes well no the remake is 2008 you just said it wasn't the remake. I'm, I'm not talking about the remake. The thing I was referencing is in Freddy vs. Jason, where I was like, all these women look like porn stars, and they're supposed to be like the every woman, yeah. and they, they look like porn stars. Um, that was not true of these movies. I think Saw is a primarily sexless franchise. Yeah. I think that's that's what surprised me. That's that's what I hate the most about the two, about the 2000s horror like movement is this, like, sexy girls running around without their tops and like i think that that could have been a thing that happened here that we like one of the early like it sort of happens in i guess six is that the one that opens with the um two men fighting over the woman and she's like her the the strap that that's she's seven. wearing is like directly in between her boobs that's seven is it seven that's the closest it ever gets i feel like to being like sexy cw actors you know like going through traps like even even jigsaw which is number eight and is sort of like in that world like gets close to it but none of them ever actually are like the things i hate about the 2000s movies i don't agree with you but um i don't think this is the place for it i think that you're overlooking the fact that that's a hallmark of 80s horror and i would not uh what's the hallmark of 80s horror sexy girls yeah, it's just different. And the topless. We've, we've talked about this already. I don't. We That's don't what I'm saying. I don't want to. I don't want to burn. Yeah, but it tape. is. They're different. They're different the way that they're done. And this was done more in an '80s horror way, not in a 2000s horror way. I don't know how else to say it without digging too deep into it. But like, that's I don't know I anything more gratuitous than Linnea Quigley walking around naked in Return of the Living Dead. And again, I love that movie, and I think that it's how it's done. That's what I'm saying. They're done in completely you. different ways. I just don't think. Yeah, sure. They're done. They, I. I again, we, are, we would we would have to sit here for like hours while I explain it. I, we're already just going different. to because we haven't even started talking about right. Saw movies. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that. This is going to be our longest episode of all time. I want you all to know. <laughs> oh God, Saw two. These are all, by the way, these are all available on HBO Max for streaming except Jigsaw, which is on Peacock without subtitles. Uh, that doesn't matter to most. <laughs> Do not viewers. recommend because you need to have the subtitles to watch a Saw movie. But also, Peacock is free, so. Anyone who wants to sign up for a Peacock account can go watch Jigsaw. Let's just quickly give a rundown of the franchise. We're not, again, we're Absolutely. not going to talk about the plot. If we talk about the plot, uh, too my, much. We'll, it my will... joke about us being here forever will be true. Exactly. These are these are they're complex. Not complex. That's the wrong word. I saw someone say, I think on Letterboxd, but maybe just in in something I read that despite being uh, on the surface torture porn. Saw movies are plot porn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and especially in the the middle section of these franchise this franchise, the three, four, five, six range. Literally, it's just how convoluted can we make these plots? How can we use uh adding details to the plot to make a twist well, that doesn't necessarily feel organic? And specifically, this was the biggest surprise to me, and what was the most frustrating as we were watching is that every movie is about 
not only doing a new thing, but rehashing what's already happened. Yeah. And being like, remember when you thought you knew what was happening in the second movie? You don't. Because in the fourth movie, we're going to talk about the things that happened, the events of the second movie, but with this new context because there's a new character. And it's like, it did this every single movie. Yeah. And it was driving me up a wall. Yeah, I think that that's... It's kind of its gimmick for a while. Yeah. And... We're still dancing around it. I don't want to talk about the plot of these movies I because I don't think. Let's just I mean, get, like, let's for just example, get into it. just for example, my letterbox review of Saw Four is just one word: incomprehensible. <laughs> it's impossible to follow. It's twist at the end. Uh, I don't even remember. Is based it. on a timeline trick that they're doing, and even sitting here now, knowing what it means for the future oh, of the franchise, God. I still don't understand what we're supposed to think is happening. Yeah. That's the the autopsy thing. No, yeah, I know. I still don't understand that. Me neither. Um, so let's just get, let's just go. Let's just start. Saw really quickly. I do want to put out there just for the context of the listener. In our Saw episode, we talked about a character named Amanda, um, who is escapes one of Jigsaw's traps. She returns, and she matters. And so I wanted I wanted to just bring her up. That remember Amanda? She's gonna come back. It's Amanda. I hate the precedent you're setting that we have to remind people of the other characters. I know. I I, have I didn't this expect a lot. it though. I I've said this a lot in the last few weeks. Um, I am not going to let you do that I'm for every sorry. Saw movie. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. We can't talk about every character that comes back because all of them okay, do. Okay, she matters more than other people though. Let's just start. Saw is a movie that was released in 2004. We talked about it. It was directed by James Wan and written by Lee Winnell. Yes. Saw two was directed by Darren Lynn Bousman, who we've talked about on the podcast before. He uh, directed Repo the Genetic Opera and the Devil's Carnival movies, one of which we covered on the podcast, mm-hmm. and a bunch of other horror films that I don't care about. But Darren Lynn Bousman is the director of Saws 2 through 4, and then Spiral, which came out a couple weeks ago. Yep. Um, Lee Winnell and Darren Lynn Bousman wrote Saw 2. Lee Winnell alone wrote Saw 3 based on a story he wrote with James Wan. <sighs> So the first three are Lee Winnell mm-hmm. is our is our uh, driving force. Mm-hmm. Darren Lynn Bousman is the director of Saws 2 through 4. Saw 4 was written by Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan, who also wrote Saw 5, Saw 6, and Saw 7. Mm-hmm. Also known as Saw the Final Chapter and Saw 3D. It has all of those titles. Three names. Saw 4 was directed by David Hackle, who was the production designer on the previous four Saw movies. Mm-hmm. Saw 6 and 7 were directed by Kevin Greutert. At that point, that is a story. So Saw's 1 through 7 are, like, honestly, kind of a complete franchise. Yeah, I was going to say cohesive. It's not cohesive. It's not cohesive. But I think that it's, it's important, as you just said, to note about just how much... At no point did everyone creative leave and new people came on. There was always a creative handoff, whether yes. it be from actor to... Or, um, director to writer and then writer to director that there were always people from past movies working on new movies and i think that does give it a through line there is some consistency here yeah until 2010 again saw seven and again narratively we're not going to go into it no matter how badly liz wants to a a chapter sort of closes at the end of saw seven Seven, yeah in 2017 the spearing brothers directed a movie called jigsaw which is so unrelated it's not unrelated and that's the problem it is kind of a soft reboot that then turns out to be in in the end. Uh, we can talk about this now because we're not going to go into much detail later. Supremely saw 
all of the bullshit yes, that is charming shocked me that, by the end of Saw. Like yeah. by the end of by the end of this we journey. We were trashing it so hard while watching it. Like, ugh, the Spirit Brothers ever even seen a Saw movie? Like, suddenly we're Saw experts. Um, but then I didn't it, sound like that. But that's what I sounded like. Um, we were being very critical, and by the end, it was like, oh no, this is a hundred percent a Saw movie, and it hits all the hallmarks of Saw movies, and like is very much in the spirit of the Saw movies and involves the major Saw villain, but it d- is not as part of the story as much oh, as... Oh, really? The movie called more. Jigsaw has Jigsaw in it? Well, that's the... Th- I mean, not to get into this too much, but, like, that's the complicated thing that I also didn't realize about this, is that, like, there are multiple Jigsaws. There are not. There is one Jigsaw. It's um, not his, true. His name is John Kramer. Uh, I... Uh, there are multiple Jigsaws. If you kill someone and you cut the little jigsaw pattern into them, you're the you are a jigsaw. That's how it works. That's how I feel. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, Why does that not make any sense? Because that means that every copycat killer in history is. That means that everyone who did those extra zodiac murders is the zodiac killer. Yeah, and some of them are credited to the zodiac killer. That's what's complicated about serial killing. That absolutely there are there are probably hundreds of cases in which copycats were attributed to that serial killer. Yeah, but that's not good. It doesn't matter. Also, we know the identity of these people, so it's not John Kramer, Jigsaw. Right, but I think especially in this case, because to get into I it, actually think this is he's more interesting passing than down his <sighs> legacy onto them. He is giving them the title. I actually think this is he's not doing that, and this is more interesting than you're giving credit for in trying to hand wave it here. So I think let's circle back to this, because I think that you're shortchanging the failures of successors. I think you're absolutely right. It doesn't mean that they can't all be Jigsaw. And then you're getting into, what does being Jigsaw mean? Like, you're not really Jigsaw if you're not doing it in the spirit of the original way that he did his murders. And that is, that's to me more pedantic than what I'm saying, which is that he gives them, he's like, no, now go off children, go do Jigsaw murders. And they do, that makes them Jigsaw. Anyway, Jigsaw and Spiral were written by the same team, Josh Stolberg and Peter Goldfinger, and Darren Lynn Bousman came back to direct Spiral. So... The only one of these movies that doesn't have a direct connection to those original seven is Jigsaw. And even then, uh, the writers of Spiral also wrote Jigsaw. So this is a a more cohesive universe than you would think. Yeah. I never expected it. Do you want to give like a, not even a log line, but like which one each one is? Because they're just numbered, right? So like, for example, let's go back and forth. Sure. Saw 2 is the one in which Donnie Wahlberg is forced into a game where he has to watch his son and a bunch of people he framed for crimes try to survive a series of traps in a house. Mm -hmm. Cube style. Very cube style. Uh, Saw 3 is about a surgeon being taken from her home and being forced to um, do brain surgery on John Kramer. Um, Who is Jigsaw? We talked about this. Who is Jigsaw? Yes. Uh, He is dying of a brain tumor. That's part of his whole Mm -hmm. shtick of wanting people to like live their lives. Like appreciate appreciate life because he's dying. Um, While a man who we don't, we don't know his relationship to her yet, but um, a man who turns out to be her husband is going through um, rooms uh, of people who um, were involved in the death of his child. It's like the judge who... Um, only gave the murderer six months, and I don't even remember some of the other people. Yeah, the, the judge is the main one. Um, but but the, I, I think the thing, I don't want to get into the details of, of these characters, right? We don't have to talk about Jeff. But I think that what, what, what this movie sets up is actually 
uh, an interesting structure that I want to pause to talk about, which you, is a person going through rooms. Well, not only a person going through rooms, but a person going through rooms and they're not necessarily the ones being, one being tormented. They are making the choice to save others from torment. That becomes a, a big thing that happens that I think is not really a part of Saw 1 and 2. That is like, the choice is not whether you yourself are going to like rip off your arm or gouge out your eye or whatever it's that are you going to like save this person who you hate right or even if you make the choice to do so are you going to uh sacrifice what it takes to do so right, right? it's so not just it's about like you choosing. Have to give up a finger or something right or like or suffer hurt, or hurt your, yourself you have to hurt yourself to save them from death which is often of course where these like people are like no <laughs> yeah. i'm not going to hurt myself to save the life of a man whom killed my son, you know, like makes sense. Yeah. Um, three ends with the twist that Jeff is married to the surgeon, their husband and wife there. That's why, you know, they're involved in all this together. Um, it also ends crazily enough with jigsaw dying. That is like, that happens in three, which knowing what we know what the rest of the franchise feels insane to me, but he is passing his legacy along to Amanda. She was revealed at the end of two to be, the mastermind behind the house situation. Mm -hmm. um, and he is trying to teach her a lesson of appreciating your life and having mercy on people. Is this the one they have the conversation about? Like, I'm not a murderer. He says that a lot. Yeah. Well, he like, that's his whole thing is that he's like, I'm not murdering people. I just give them the chance to live. And if they die, then I didn't murder them. And Amanda actually, both murders and does like mercy killings. It's revealed that she went back and killed Adam so that he wouldn't like starve to death, which is a very interesting concept to introduce here. I really like that um, it takes the something we sketched out of the first film as kind of weird that Amanda's like Jigsaw saved me, like gave he, he his scheme worked on me. Yeah. And it recontextualizes it as well, actually, now she's going to become a serial killer. She's protege. brainwashed. Yeah. Like, I think that's really interesting. I completely agree. Amanda being the killer at the end of two, like, blew my mind. I freaking loved it. And I love... It's one of the reasons I really like 3. 3 is one of my favorites, just to sit, put that out there right now. Because I love Amanda. I love Amanda and Jigsaw's weird, fucked up little relationship. I love that he is always testing people, even when you think he's he's on your side and he's he's taken you in. It's still a test. At the end of this movie, he's like, "You have you failed my test now." And she dies. And she dies. So Both it's of them like, die. There are no jigsaw killers at the end of at the end of three, three, which is really interesting. Four, Saw Four. I said at the beginning, is incomprehensible. Makes no sense. It opens with an autopsy in which a cassette tape is found in Jigsaw's stomach by a cop named Hoffman. Mm -hmm. It also ends with that same scene. <laughs> and in between, a cop we'd seen in the previous movie named Rig is going through a series of rooms just like Jeff did. Again, this is a mm -hmm. saw structure now. Are they related to him in some... I forget like how they are how they relate to his story. Who? Rig. Relates to... Who's he? How are the traps related to him? I don't remember. I don't remember either. I'm <laughs> just wondering, wondering if you remember. Sure. No. Um, these cops are investigating. There's a lot of cops. There's Strom. There's... Strom and Perez are partners. Hoffman is, like we said at the beginning, he's in the autopsy room. He's just confusing. a cop. He's just this, like, there's so many cops. Yeah. And well, but in four, he is tied to, like, he's in, he's on a little scale ice block thing with Donnie Wahlberg. We find that out at the end. Who has yeah. reappeared. That... I mean, at the end. It's throughout the whole movie. 
What do you mean throughout the we movie? We keep flashing back to them the whole time. That it's like Donnie's on a block of ice. This movie doesn't make any fucking sense. Fall. The timeline of this doesn't make any sense. It doesn't matter. Yeah. We learn the twist at the end of the movie is that what we've been watching Rig do is concurrent to three. As Jeff was going through rooms, so was Rig. Everyone fucking dies. Jigsaw's dead because we saw it at the end of the three. We yeah. find out that Hoffman, who was on the block of ice trap, is actually behind all this. Yeah. He was also one of Jigsaw's little, you know... We actually, insanely enough, like, get almost no context for that in four. We learn that in five. Right, we just find out in four that he was, like, part of it. Because he was, like, in the room, or, like, he left an envelope for Amanda... Because he was another one of Jigsaw's, whatever they're called. Except he's the super protege, because he is better than Amanda. Yes, he's better than Amanda. He wins where Amanda loses. It's a whole fucking thing. I, I, I don't want to get into it, because I, lo- I will go crazy. It yeah. feels like... I think I made this joke, probably, um, while we were watching it, but it's like a Lovecraftian thing. Oh, I made this joke about fucking Asimov so below. If we try to understand the lore of Saw 4, we're going to go crazy, yeah. like, trying to understand it. Mm-hmm. Can I say the only thing that I feel like matters about this at all? About the film Saw 4? 4. Is that this was when we start getting a fuck ton of backstory about John Kramer and his wife. Too much. Named Jill. I, I forgot I about Jill. I can't believe we're talking about Jill. Do we have to talk about Jill? We oh don't my God. have to, but it is a factor of the next three movies that Jill is like a character. They're married. She's pregnant. She lost the baby. She's a nurse <laughs> or doctor. So I don't know. All right, it's here's just like, it's a say. whole thing. Here's what you have to say. Um, Saw 4 is the first one that is not written by Lee Winnell, right? We talked about this. Like, Darren yeah. Lynn Bowsman is the, is the yeah. connective tissue here. Um, the post-Winnell era of Saw is about this guy named Hoffman. And going into... We'll talk about Saw 5 in a second. Going into these movies, I didn't fucking know about Hoffman. You said you didn't know about Hoffman. I have no idea about Hoffman. Hoffman is the... I think the, the argument we're going to have is whether or not he counts as Jigsaw. Yeah. Is the Jigsaw protege, is the villain, is the trap maker behind as many of these movies... Because John Kramer is dead in three. As he John is Kramer. dead. Hoffman, played by Costas Mandalore, has no pop cultural impact whatsoever. It's insane. Nobody... People... So many people have seen these fucking Saw movies. I know. Nobody talks Never about Hoffman. Never heard his name. Like... What he's we've been, like we've been one in of the, the horror community for years and years and years. Never heard of this man. Never seen his face. So if you don't know about Hoffman, congratulations. He's the real villain of the Saw franchise. Welcome to Hoffmanville. I would love to talk about Hoffman. We have we're... been. If we have not been saw pilled entirely, we have been Hoffman pilled. I have been Hoffman pilled because let me tell you. Well, I want to talk about this man has no charisma. No, no. Costas Mandalore. When he is revealed as the Jigsaw <laughs> mastermind at the end of four, you and I are both like, who gives a fuck? Who cares about this man? He is the most nothing man. He was on screen the for world maybe has ever seen five minutes of the movie. Yeah, like who gives a shit about him? He has a smug face. He looks like any other white man. He's just so unbelievably boring. And especially compared to Tobin Bell as John Kramer Jigsaw, who is like got this weird charisma and this strange energy, and like he's kind of spry and wily. Like mm-hmm. Hoffman just looks like a brick in yeah. human form. Yeah, he's. No, he's so boring. There's no emotions on his face. So, can we get into five? Let's talk about five, specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Saw five. (laughs) It's also concurrent (laughs) to three and four, because it is about Strom, who is played by the actor who plays Luke from Gilmore Girls. I don't know the actor's name, um, but that is who he is. It's not concurrent. It picks up from the end, because it starts with him being like, he's in that room where Kramer died. This timeline doesn't make sense. Yes, but that's three. That's the events of three. Sure. He starts there, and he starts going through the same rooms that happened in four. Just quickly, it does move forward. 
three and four take place at the same time. It does, well, does because there's also there are there is concurrently to this a group of people going through rooms, which it, well, I guess one guy going through a room. Meanwhile, or no, this is the group. This is the development group. Hoffman, because he again he set up that trap and walked away from it, like John Kramer at the end of Saw One, and he's a cop. He's a detective. He's like credited with he like he solved it. Yes. He solved the Jigsaw case. Jigsaw's dead. Everything's good now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And on the side is setting up traps of these people going through rooms. Yes. The, this is the development group. So the this is another group situation, just like in two, where it's a group of strangers. They don't know how they know each other. They're going through traps. They're supposed to be doing things that are like working as a team, but they keep sacrificing each other because people are inherently evil, et cetera, you know, that kind of shit. Um, and they realize by the end that not only did they like need to work together to save each other's lives or whatever. And they failed. But they also, that. they majorly failed. They, they, the two remaining ones succeed at the end. They like, they did it. They sacrificed, they saved each other. They're happy. Um, but they also realized that the reason that they were grouped is because they were responsible for a bunch of deaths because of like real estate development where they bought a place and it, I, I actually did not follow it, this yeah. at all, but that's why they're, they're being punished for their sins. I feel like that's like also sort of a, a switch from Jigsaw to Jigsaw, if, again, we are talking about, like, Hoffman's Jigsaw traps versus John Kramer's Jigsaw yes. traps, is that John Kramer wanted people to live. He wanted people to appreciate their lives. He wanted people... He picked people who were kind of fucked up. Like, we talked about, like, Amanda being, like, a drug addict. Fix your life, Amanda. Oh, and, you know, like, people, like, uh, whatever. Adam being, like, just his shitty little apartment, his shitty little life or whatever. But Hoffman's is so much more about punishing people for their sins. Yeah. It's like these people all participated in the death of a child. Punish them. These people are predatory lenders. Yeah. Uh, there's a predatory insurance company. Um, there's, I mean, he's punishing Nazis at one point. He's yeah. like, you guys are white supremacists. Get out of this trap. And then they all die. And I think that's, that's really, it's both like societal, like that. I think this is what pe- more people wanted to see at the time was like people being punished for their sins. But it is fundamentally different. Yes, than, from John Kramer's vision. John Kramer's like they're missing a piece of the human puzzle, the survival yeah. instinct. He doesn't right. That's like, why he's jigsaw. John's whole thing is really that he doesn't actually want them to die. If they if they die, then he has failed in teaching his lesson to them. Exactly. That's and, why an Amanda who survives like merits being his protege. Right. Exactly. Um, but Hoffman is going against John's vision. I think in a way that like. I personally like more. I think that it is more like, but it's, but it's in line with, I think a lot of other serial killer kind of movies of this age, which is like, is the serial killer wrong to want to kill bad people? Like, that's the question it's asking, right? Is like, is serial killing wrong if you're killing Nazis? Hmm. Good question. So that's kind of like a fundamental, yeah. I feel like, query of the next. I don't want to get into movies, the morality aspect of it. No, no, no. But, but, that, but that's the question it's asking. And I think. Saw 5 is the movie where Hoffman, just to get back to the core of what we're well, doing and here. And Strom is investigating specifically yeah. to uncover Hoffman. I think yeah. he starts to have his suspicions that Hoffman is, is the new jigsaw. So he's kind of just following Hoffman's, in Hoffman's footsteps. And then by the end, Strom is Strom framed. Strom is framed, but also dies, which yeah. is, I think, why I wrote down that I hated this movie. Like, I mean, the end is the ending features it's so dumb. Hoffman in a glass box, like slowly into the ground, <laughs> falling backwards into the floor while walls crush 
Strom. But it's such a weird moment because it's like, Strom's been framed. Yes, he's been framed. Hoffman's going to get off scot-free. And then it's like, but also I'm going to murder Strom right now by crushing him to death and like breaking all of his bones. And it's like, then why did you frame him? Why does it matter? Like, it just, it, it seems so strange to me. And it doesn't work. Like, as we'll move into Sussex. Sussex is apparently a franchise fan favorite. And knowing that going in, did it... No favorites. No favorites, because it's just, it's a lot like Saw 5. There's, uh... We have a, a, new, a new investigator. Yeah. Erickson. Yes. And a guy who's a... He's the predatory lender. Yeah, insurance uh, guy, yeah. Insurance guy. Or no, he's insur- oh, this is the insurance guy. This is the insurance company. The predatory lenders are the people in the in the cold open with the... We'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> um, the insurance guy, and he has to go through a series of rooms with all these people in his company and decide whether to save them or how to save them and the sacrifices he must make to save them. Mm-hmm. We talked, uh, talked about this kind of stuff earlier. Meanwhile, uh, I don't want to get into the plot. Uh, John Kramer wanted Hoffman to die... So upon his death, set up a thing that would go to his ex-wife, Jill. Ex-wife or just wife? They're not together anymore. They're not. I think they're I don't want to get into it. You uh, asked! I know. I'm at fault here. <laughs> um, so Jill is also a jigsaw protege who ends up... I don't want to talk about, like... Not really. It, this is her one mission, is just to uh, get Hoffman. This movie ends with her putting Hoffman in a reverse bear trap... Like Amanda survived. Mm-hmm. And but he gets the fuck out of it. In the most viscerally exciting sequence of the franchise so far, <laughs> I cannot believe watching this movie, I was just like, this is just like another fucking Saw movie. Like, yeah, this is fine. And then Hoffman is put in this trap and he is so smart. He like breaks the bones in his hands to get out of the way that he's um strapped to the chair. Strapped to the chair by like bashing them with the bear trap. And he puts them through the bars of a barred window so that it does open up but doesn't rip his face open mm-hmm. and then he gets out and then he leaves and the movie ends with like Hoffman clearly on a vengeance mission and like I'm sitting here hooting and hollering oh yeah isn't it was isn't it the last scene doesn't he kind of like scream at the sky a little bit and it's does like I, that's what I remember vividly about it is that he like pulls off the bear trap and kind of just like lets out like a well it's because he rips his cheek right like a primal scream yeah. and it is we were like ugh saw six this is not this is not my fan favorite and then by the end we were like oh 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 okay wait okay we get it we get it <laughs> this is super exciting Hoffman's interesting three movies cannot wait to get to seven of Costas Mandalore doing nothing leads to seven yes which I we could just say it now. Is both of our favorite of the franchise, right? Absolutely, 100% my favorite. Um, I would say it is the uh, Friday the 13th Part 6 Jason Lives of the <laughs> Saw franchise. This Does is that the explain one, why I love it? Just to remind you, it's also called Saw the Final Chapter yeah. and Saw 3D. Right. And my thesis is no movie, especially in 2010, that is uh, calling itself 3D is taking itself too seriously. No, it's just And I think hell. that is the piece of the formula that makes this work, is that it's like, what if... We just did some crazy shit, you guys. Like, what if we just, like, had fun with it? What if we had, like, puppets, like, crash through windows and, like, laugh at you? Oh, my God. And what if we had, like, what if the tone was just, like, a little sillier and a little more, like, aware of how ridiculous this is? Saw 7 is about a guy who claims to have been a survivor of a jigsaw trap. Fuck yes. I love this movie. (laughs) also a member of a support group that, oh... Who else is in the support group? But Dr. Carrie Elwes. Lawrence Gordon. And the whole time we were like, oh, why has he not been back? And I was like, I knew the reason he hadn't been back is because he had drama with them from Saw 1. But yeah. I, we really missed him. 
specifically do we've talked about how everyone comes back yeah how like it's so cohesive and everybody's been back we've seen what happens to everyone but it was such a missing piece specifically that we had that carrie elwes lives at the end dr gordon lives he drags himself away and we had never seen what happened to him and that was so bizarre it was so strange to have never seen that so that's one thing that's happening in this movie so eventually this guy what's his name bobby bobby is being punished by uh jigsaw for lying Lying. about about this at the same time hoffman is just hunting Jill. Hunting Jill like a shark. The cops, Jill goes to the cops and is like, I will tell you everything, but protect me from Hoffman. Yeah. And Hoffman is just like... Our cop in this one's name is Gibson. I don't remember who any of these people are. Gibson is Discount Christian Bale. This poor oh guy... Oh my god. He's... Is doing he's so... He's IA? Yes. Yes. Cause he's because in, he's like investigating the investigation of well, the investigation. <laughs> because, because Jill's like, Hoffman is Jigsaw, and they're like, well, I thought that Strom was Jigsaw, and I thought John Kramer was Jigsaw before that. So, like, they're like, okay, listen, Jigsaw's a cop. We need IA yeah, internal affairs in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in here to like figure this out. Um, this guy's like, he's literally just doing Christian Bale. It's yes, so it's hilarious, distracting, and it's it's fun. I think it's on purpose because it's fun. This is the one with the crazy Nazi um, thing mm-hmm. that you were talking about. There's just like so much going on. Yeah. Because uh, again, it's a man going through rooms. Uh, because of his sin and making decisions on who to save. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, again, Casas Lore. I think you said it best by saying that now he's just a shark. Yes. He's just hunting. And he's, it's crazy because we don't have just to like- mowing through people also. Like this is also when he stops caring. He yeah. was doing a pretty good job of covering his tracks before. Yeah. And in this one, he just burns down the FBI. He's yeah. just in an FBI building. He's like, oh no, they caught me. I'm just going to burn it down. Just kills everyone in the room and burns it down. That's it. I actually think that's the end of uh, six, but you're right that like, there's a... How can that be? The... Is it really the end of six? God. I think so. They, again, anyway, they're all taking place at the same time. Hoffman's rebirth after surviving Jill's trap is like, like I said before, Costas Mandalore like doesn't have an emotion on his face at any point, And it doesn't no. work when he's like the character we're following. Because again, especially next to Tobin Bell, it doesn't matter anymore. No. Like, it works in this because, one, because there's another story going on because of all these traps that this guy's going through at the same time that uh-huh. Hoffman's not supervising. Um, Which makes just kind of wonder, like, I always wonder with a bunch of these situations, like, often we see the traps being moved through and so many things have to trigger other things, right? Where, yeah. like, them doing this thing has to trigger the door opening or, like, what what triggers the tape turning on to give them the sum up of whatever this room is. And so often it's like, but we can see that that we the person we know is Jigsaw. It's John Kramer. He's getting brain surgery done on him. Or it's Hoffman, but he's like with Strom. We're like, who yeah. is setting up these traps? And so there's this premise of like, oh, maybe they're just that well yeah. constructed that you literally just move through them that way. Which makes sense. But I in this that- one, it's like, hmm, who is... Who is making these things happen? Is it Hoffman? We don't know. Yeah, I don't think the movie hangs too much of a lampshade on it. I do no, think it's, the assumption it's effective. is just that it's he's good yeah. at traps. Yeah. And uh, I think a couple other things working in this movie's favor. I think that Gibson, the internal affairs guy, is like the most competent cop in any of these movies. Like maybe it's because he's IA, but like he actually seems like he he responds to things quickly. Yeah, and he figures them out. And I like kind of appreciated that because I think that Jigsaw needs someone on his level, and he hasn't really. 
had that as a competitor before. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, Hoffman, we now know that basically the entire time they were investigating Hoffman was, even when the movie isn't telling you that, we can assume that he was on the inside, um, yeah. steering things away from himself and away from John. Yeah. So we can at least have that, that now that Hoffman is not actively doing that anymore, they can finally actually get some work done and solve these murders. Yeah. It also, this film also apparently has the most traps of any of them, which makes a lot of sense. I believe that, yeah, for sure. Uh, the directing is, like, really, like, it's kind of chintzy, but it's, like, kind of, like, dumb fun. Again, it's not, like, making fun of itself, but it's just having a good time with yes. it. And again, this franchise, and again, like, horror in general, I just said and, and again 15 times. <laughs> like, take itself brain. too seriously. These films take themselves pretty seriously, uh, yeah. That's, especially with their I lore. Think that was kind of the early problem with one was that it was like this gritty nonsense, like I and said, that he was taking that uh, Lee Winnell is like taking himself so seriously. seriously as an actor and a character, and it's like we know we know what movie we're all in. Like, can we have some fun? And Saw 3D has a lot of fun. Yeah. Would you like to talk about the twist at the end? Which again puts a yes. button on this story. We have more movies to talk about. Yes. It's the end of yes. this. So this is the most. This is the moment that I thought was so funny that I was like, I really wish that I was like in a theater for this with like a bunch of Saw fans seeing this movie for the first time. Because one, not only does this movie close with Hoffman has been carrying around this bear trap the whole time, the reverse bear trap. He puts it on Jill and we finally, after seven movies, see what happens when the reverse bear trap goes off. It didn't go off with Amanda. Yeah. That's the amazing thing about it. From one, it didn't go off. It's, and then it doesn't go off in six with Hoffman. It's the definition of Chekhov's reverse bear trap. Yes. And then it actually goes off with Jill. And it was... You see a head explode. It rules. It happened. And it was like, to me, such a weirdly gratifying moment of Saw to be like, oh my God, they really held it. Like they, they held that for seven movies. And then they gave it to us in that last moment, the reverse bear trap. But so Jill is dead. Horrible for John Kramer's rolling over yeah. in his little grave. Like, he's so sad. His wife. Hoffman his won. Life. Hoffman won. He steps out into the parking lot. He burns out his workshop. Yes. Steps out into the parking lot. Gets attacked. Who could it be attacking him? About to kill him? It's Dr. Lawrence Gordon. Who, who the whole time... Has been working... Has been working with Jigsaw. For Jigsaw. Like, when he escaped the room in the first movie, the end of the first movie... John Kramer went to him and helped him and said, I would like to make you one of my protégés now. And, and specifically he, tasked him with protecting Jill. Which makes him the superior one. He's the He is actually the special child all along, who is the only one who he trusted with Jill, the love of his life. And just the, oh my God, the feelings I experienced watching this twist in this movie. It specifically ends with <sighs> uh, Hoffman being shackled in the same bathroom as the first one. Yes. Uh, left to die. And a game over moment it mm -hmm. is it is perfect, so thrilling, so satisfying. Again, I these are bad movies, right? <laughs> but this payoff is so perfect that there's just there's nothing like there's it. something about yeah. It's just like I can't uh, don't make um don't mistake me. I probably still only gave this movie three out of five stars, but in Saw World in the Sawniverse, yeah. that's like that's a five star. That's movie. a five star movie. It was so fantastic. I loved. it. So much. And I loved, I really found myself loving Hoffman. I'm so so glad he gets his comeuppance at the end, obviously. But this was the movie, six and seven, the end of six and seven, really won me over to loving Hoffman as a villain in a way that I never expected to. And I think that's a huge victory of this movie, that it made me It's care. a triumph. It's a triumph. The other thing that I'll say in favor of this movie is that it was intended to be the last movie, but it grossed 
$136 million on a $20 million budget. This was a big hit, like all these Saw movies were, and they still walked away. Yeah. I know, I know that us talking about this episode doesn't feel like they did, but this was an annual franchise. Yeah, they did. And then did. they stopped. They did in the way that it mattered. This printed money, which is, again, it's fucking <laughs> insane that nobody knows who Hoffman is, that he yeah. has no pop culture relevance, because people saw these fucking movies. And I've never heard about any of these characters besides the first, like, even... Yeah, I'd only probably heard of anything with the first one. I never yeah. heard any of the twists of any of these. Never heard anyone talk about any of these other characters in my life. Seven years later, they did come back for a movie called Jigsaw. Jigsaw is what I thought all the Saw sequels were going to be, which is just, we have this concept of these traps and these random people, and they got to get out of these traps. Before I found out that the whole thing was, like, intricately tied together plot porn. Yeah. I thought it was just going to be, like, well, and they an all... excuse to have a bunch of spinoffs about traps. And I thought they were all going to be kind of like what is present in all of these movies, which is, like, a group of people, and they've all done a bad thing, and now they're being punished, or they have to, like, absolve themselves. But I never thought that it was going to be all so tied together with these, like, investigations. Like, Saw... In many ways, these movies are all, like, police procedurals. Yes. Like, I know this you, one, you said they're in the background. They're very background, but they are about the investigators and about trying to piece together things and, like, people being involved and all of that. Like, way, way more than I expected. I thought they were all going to be, like, just, oh, these people are all insurance. You know, this is this yeah. insurance company. They're getting punished. And which is what they are, but, like, You it's... went into this franchise thinking about insurance companies? Well, no, just that I thought they were all going to be, like... Like, let's pretend that Saw 5 is just about the predatory insurance company. That's what I thought they were all going to be like. Yep. Like, just people... I thought it was going to be like this. ...being punished. I guess even, like, what 2 is, if it didn't have the Amanda reveal at the end, if it was just, like... No, because they're there... There's, like, a higher order to this. Jigsaw is about just, like, some people who, like, made some bad decisions. Right. And, well, especially and- what we thought it was at first. It does kind of have its own relationship with the first seven movies, but we didn't know, you don't know that going in. I don't, yeah, I don't really talk about what, like, 90% of this is, because it is really boring. It's really boring, most of all. It's, it's biggest sentence that it's boring. It looks shitty in a 2017 kind of, like, again, cheap digital way. I was so tuned out. Uh, I was specifically getting annoyed, because it's far enough away from one through seven that it's like, have you guys ever, do you guys well, understand the first, Saw? the first major twist is... Uh, John Kramer being in it and alive. And they never went back on that. No. John Kramer died at the end well, of three and they they stuck and to that. And he was always said he was only in flashback and there's a lot. He was in a lot of flashbacks. A lot, yeah, he's, a, he's still the main character of all these movies basically. But he was dead and there was never a point where it was like I faked my own death and now here I am again. No, he was dead straight up the moment he dies he is dead. But there's a line in like probably like the first third of this movie where they're like, wait a second, the blood underneath this woman's fingernails matches John Kramer. Wait a minute, the the voice track that has been yeah. unedited is John Kramer's voice. And someone's like, oh, what? So John Kramer came back from the dead? And another guy goes, wouldn't be the first time. And I was like, yes, actually, it would. Yeah, it would be happened. the first time. It's never happened. He died like a human man. In general, the quips in this are really annoying. But that specifically spoke to me as, like, I've never seen a Saw movie. I've just heard of them or, like, read the plots on Wikipedia, which is always so annoying to me when I watch a a franchise sequel that I'm like, you haven't done the research. You didn't didn't read the assignment. But I was duped. I was manipulated. I was lied to. I felt 
so happy at the end of this movie because it turns out it was just doing wonky timeline shit. Yeah, and that, yeah, the wonky timeline shit in particular is that there was a jigsaw trap ten years prior, and the lone survivor of that trap became Jigsaw's protege. And is doing the new trap. It's doing the new trap to someone as, like, a recreation of that game with, like, other people. And it's a it's such... It's not good. I want to say real quick. <laughs> we just, like, fawned all over Saw 7. Jigsaw sucks. It's a stupid movie. It's yeah. not fun. It's not good. But the ending being that, specifically after spending the whole movie thinking that this was a betrayal of the franchise, again, after ejecting this into our veins over the yes. course of 48 hours... And I got really defensive of, like, what it means to be a Saw movie, and I was like, this is not a Saw movie. It revealing at the end that it... Oh, no. It is Saw blood coursing through its veins. Absolutely. All the bullshit that that means insane plot stuff crazy tricks that there is no like there's no real logic to it's just to go like whoa Whoa. yeah like i have an affection for that decision i was swerved i was tricked i yeah i was trying to deceive me i love that it got me and it succeeded at deceiving me into thinking it was something that it wasn't yes i was very thrilled there's a world in which we turned that off because we were just not enjoying it yeah and i'm so glad we like didn't and stuck it out and that i was in fact duped I'm thrilled. Spiral is the movie that came out, uh, I guess, a week and a half ago at the time of this recording. It is directed, as we said before, by Darren Lynn Bowsman, returning to the Saw franchise. It stars Chris Rock and Mike Mangella and Samuel L. Jackson. It is from the book of Saw. Uh, I guess Jigsaw isn't a numbered Saw title either. It is kind of a spinoff in its own way. Yeah. But... I guess it's Saw reboot. It's a Saw movie. Spiral from the book of Saw... Spoilers from this point on. Is only kind of a Saw movie. It feels to me... Quality of quality yeah. of, of the results aside, I'm not going to talk about that yet, though we will. Um, it feels like it's a, it's a standalone story in the Saw universe, but it doesn't at all feel like a Saw movie to me. It doesn't no. have the pacing. It doesn't have the structure. Monkey timeline. It doesn't have the storyline. Even sitting aside the tricks and twists and those kind of things, it just doesn't unfold like a Saw movie. We spend very little time with the victims as they are faced with their choices. Yeah. It doesn't have Billy the Puppet. It doesn't... The fact that Billy the Puppet's not in it is nuts. It is... It's the ultimate thing to me, the same way that I felt whilst watching Jigsaw, but then getting swerved on, is that I was like, oh, you guys don't care about the Saw movies. Like, if you think Billy the Puppet is too silly for you, if you... If if he doesn't fit into your serious movie then, like, fuck you. Like, I don't... That that sucks to me. That is annoying to me. Remember what you said on the first episode about the puppet? I hate... I personally think the puppet is silly, but that's Saw. Guess what? If you don't like that, then don't make a Saw movie. I think that's, like, kind of where my mindset is. It's like, you don't have to like it. I don't like it. If I was offered to make a Saw movie, if they were like, you want to make a Saw movie, uh, it has to have Billy the Puppet. I'm, I'd probably be like, no, I'm good. I, I don't think that's true at all. It's not my franchise. You it's do not- it. You love Saw. Okay. Setting that aside... Uh, I think that if if you are think you're too good for the things that make Saw movies Saw movies, then make a different movie. That's just my perspective. If you can't tell, I did not like this movie one bit. Yeah, I think that it's this actually, movie... It's in the opposite of Grow On Me. <laughs> I think this movie, uh, you have sketched out its prime sin. It thinks it's too good to be a Saw movie. Yeah. And... And I do want to just say, are we, are we spoiling? We said we're spoiling, Yes. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't. I, we, I, we don't. Again, we want you to go see it. Yeah. To support horror films and to support movie theaters. theaters. Yeah. Even uh, if it's AMC. I don't even actually need to get into like what the twist is here, but I think that the thing that's so key to me about Saw Seven 
is that we've seen in every Saw movie, there's a twist. So there's like Saw. Sometimes is, there's several. Saw is telling you, hey, one of these people's probably going to be Jigsaw. Look at all of them. Watch them with your eyes. And that by the end of Seven, even though they showed us Carrie Elwes, not only what happens to him post Saw 1 where he's crawling out of the room, but also then that he shows up to the, the support group to like be snarky to Bobby. Um, despite doing that, and waving its arms over its head, going like, pay attention, Dr. Lawrence Gordon is here. When he steps out in that parking lot, I had no fucking idea. I was completely blown away. And that, for all of the faults of the movie itself, and how, again, it's still not like a great movie, that is artful storytelling. That is good storytelling to showcase your twist villain several times, be like, where could he be? Where is he? What are his goals? Why is he here? Why is he shown up again? And that I was still so blown away by the end. Compared to Spiral, where I looked at you halfway through this movie and I said, I know who it is. And I was right. Yeah. Like, I know that's not necessarily always the fault of the movie because I see a lot of movies and I specifically read a lot of mystery novels. So yes, some things are kind of showcased to me, but I was always surprised at the end of a Saw movie. When, even when they were bad, I was always surprised. Sometimes sometimes it's not even for like plot reasons because they go in directions that you're like, no, I didn't it's even just know. an insane thing. I didn't to know I was supposed to, to be thinking about that, no. you know? Um, and the fact that this movie, that Spiral, played out fucking precisely, exactly the way I thought it would by, by doing the most obvious to me little showcases of like oh why is this character doing this yeah. oh this character just said a vague thing that could mean a good or a bad thing i'm just like yeah it's him like and i was right and and there was and there was nothing deeper sometimes it's like oh i was right about this character being jigsaw but it turns out there's another layer no just it's just this guy he did it yeah, i think i so boring i don't agree i like the i like the villain's motivations a lot we could talk around it um, i like the villain's motivations a lot i think that the i like his motivations too the performance of his okay um, it's just obvious. The performance of the villain. Should we just say it? We said we were going to spoil. You have three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like we, we shouldn't just say his name when we're not going to talk about the plot at all. Uh, it's silly to just be like, it's the dude when we're not going to talk about the plot in any kind of way. I didn't hate this movie as much as you. I definitely think it sucks. Mm-hmm. It's a bad movie. It doesn't get saw, but it's also boring and poorly made. Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't even go as far into like the kind of... Um, like, I think the direction's better than Jigsaw, but I think sure. the core of this movie is a pretty boring police procedural with some saw shit mm-hmm. thrown in. And Chris Rock does not work for me. I think he's awful in this role. I won't go too far about it because I think people really like Chris Rock in this and I don't want to, like, just make people mad. That's Surprisingly enough, that's not what I'm here for. <laughs> uh, I think Chris Rock is terrible. He is totally he is totally unable to handle this material. He is doing, like, stand-up comedy shit in it. And is is asked to do a pretty serious role. It's very serious. Again, like we've talked about this all before, it takes itself very seriously. This is returning to its roots of like, this is serious. It's not having any fun at all, except in the very first scene where Chris Rock is doing a bit about Forrest Gump. And it's a bit. It's a stand-up comedy bit, like you said. Yeah, I really don't like it. I don't like Sam Jackson in this. I like his partner, Max Minghella, um, Davia Narendra from The Social Network. Mm-hmm. I think he's really great in it. Uh, this is just a stupid movie, and well, the and traps aren't good. And it's like and it's too quippy. Yeah, it's doing something. What it's really trying to do is 
is talk about the police and the jigsaw killer. Is it? Yes. Is it trying to? It has no perspective. I'm- no, but that's but that's what it's that's its attempt is that the jigsaw killer is anti-police and he is killing police officers and yeah specifically police officers it's like oh this guy lied on the stand oh this guy uh its position on this is completely incoherent sure honestly it's it's like lazy and cowardly that it's like oh this movie knows that the police are are bad but it's got that bad apples thing where it's like oh no he's just killing the bad police the good police are gonna show up at the end and it's not even i don't know yeah that's the problem it's not even asking moral questions and then stepping away it's just kind of like i don't have have a metaphor for it it's just like really really muddled like it's asking the wrong questions and it's implying weird solutions like to your point about the the bad apples thing like i just uh. yeah i don't really yeah i don't really get it i think that like i know what a lot of people have taken from this movie which is like oh maybe jigsaw's right and like to that, I would say it's really interesting to me because I think we've, as we've talked about You think that's already, interesting? No, but I think that Jigsaw has already done that many times. Yeah, like, people haven't watched these movies. That's what I'm, that's what I'm A saying. A bunch of people are going to see that, Spiral like, who haven't watched these movies. Right, and that was almost us, right? And I think that to be like, oh, think this Jigsaw is anti-cop. Hooray. And it's like, excuse me, Hoffman was out here killing Nazis, uh... 10 years ago, nobody, nobody gave a shit. No one ever told me about him. Like he, that's, that's, that is actually a staple of Jigsaw is doing exactly what's being done in Spiral, but they're just doing it in the most like lazy way here. It's not interesting. I wonder, I do wonder if, uh, if I had seen Spiral without seeing any of those song movies, I would have liked it. I think a lot of people like it. A lot Um, of people do. And I feel like if you are a casual fan of Saw... And we told all of our listeners to go watch it yeah. sight unseen. Yeah, no, I, I I would encourage it. I just am curious how, like, hardcore fans of Saw feel about it, people who've recently revisited Saw feel about it, or, vi- or visited Saw for the first time like we did feel about it, because I just feel like, comparatively, it is so boring. It's so boring, and it, like... I'm not even the biggest gore person. Like, I don't... It's not even about what I personally want. It's what I want for franchise consistency and what I believe, like, these movies are about is gore and, like, creative gore and, like, doing interesting things with machines and with, like, bodies. And there is nothing being done here like and that. And it's really, it's like... so boring. I agree. And there's something about... This also applies to Jigsaw. We could honestly podcast for hours. I'm... Listeners, uh, our podcast studio is not ventilated at all, and I'm cooking in this room. I feel like <laughs> I'm in a saw trap, and I'm just melting in here. So we cannot keep going for too long. But Jigsaw and this movie are, like, really high-tech. And even in 2010, in Saw 3D, Saw 7, like, there's, like, VHS tapes. Yeah, and, and his little recording tapes. The Nazi... Um, the skinhead guy has like an eight track player in his car. There's something like really analog and visceral and gritty. And like, like you said about machinery. Yeah. Jigsaw has like a laser beam thing going on. And this movie is like way more technically advanced. And it, it just is missing something well, like, and that that's so ignorant of how not to like go on a true crime thing, but like so ignorant of how true crime and serial killing like works, which is that being analog informs that. It's not just that we only had VHS tapes at this particular time or whatever, which isn't even true. I think in 2000 we had DVDs and stuff and CD-ROMs, but like that it makes it harder to track. Yeah. If this eight, if this little tape comes from inside Jigsaw covered in wax, where the fuck did that come from? You don't know. Whereas if you start putting things on, on USB drives, drives? On USB ports, 
how the, that cops, the technology the cops just plug into their computers so like, dumb so dumb and so like it's it's not only that it's like oh we can just update what jigsaw's doing because now he lives in 2020 it's like no no this has to be a factor of the crimes being solved and of the crimes being done like it makes more sense if you keep it analog and it just it's so stupid to just not even consider any of that really just be like yeah. just make it nope just update it it's fine it's just it's just oh it's so frustrating it's really it's disappointing. so baby brained after all of this it's really disappointing but i will say i'm glad i really am glad that we watched all the song movies i know it's like we've this has been a long yeah. a short journey but a long journey at the same time <laughs> that was just like i'm really glad that we wanted to see spiral and that we decided to do this because i I really did enjoy... I didn't enjoy it. I'm really glad we watched it because I have a real affection for this series now and I feel so many ways about it that I'm, like, really grateful for. Yeah, I really respect these movies more than I did before, even though I think most of them are really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think they're interesting. I think they occupy a really unique place in in horror and in pop culture that... I'm going to keep thinking about it for a long time. I agree. I think really we can continue talking about this for hours, right? I agree. Like, I I don't know that it would be interesting to listen to, but I would talk to you about <laughs> no. Saw for hours. Yeah, we have already. Oh, we have. But, like, for example, the fact that I think that these films are really veer away from, like, trying to be scary at some point. Mm-hmm. You could argue, like, maybe the first one kind of is. But, like, most of these films are not interested in fear. No. They don't employ a lot of jump scares. They don't employ a lot of the traditional things that we would see even in, in horror movies of their contemporaneity, right? Like, yeah. it's kind of just like, let's show some fucked up shit. Let's make you really upset. Let's, like, push the envelope in terms of gore yeah. and imagination. And, and like, there's tension, but it's with pain. There's right? no like, place it's... for that in, in 2021 movies, really. We don't really have anything. It's just like, let's just show some fucked up shit, right? Yeah. And I think that, not that I, like, am, am planting my flag in that, but it's different and it's interesting. And these movies all made hundreds of millions of dollars. It's why to make a Saw movie today, I don't want someone to just slap the word Jigsaw on it and be like, there are some traps and call it a day. Yeah. I want it to be a real assessment of what this these kinds of movies would look like today. Like, what does that mean? What does in that conversation, actually yeah, look like? In conversation with horror, and like, honestly, like these movies have a really unique DNA. Yeah. And I think that a Saw movie should share some of that DNA. It's crazy that there are seven movies. I mean, and again, the end of eight that really, I mean, I'm just gonna say it. Jigsaw also does this, right? Like it, it's swerving us. Yeah. Um, It's deceiving us, but like ultimately it has the Saw DNA. Yeah. It feels like a Saw movie when you walk out of the experience, proverbial yes. theater. Yeah. If you're missing that, then you haven't given me a Saw movie. And I think no. that they're probably going to make more of these, right? Like, I have to imagine. Can't and that's you? a little bit, like, to give them a little bit of credit, that is why it is from the book of Saw, right? Like, there's a... What the fuck does that mean? It means, honestly, what it means to me is that this character, the the one who ends up being the jigsaw killer of this, of this city in this circumstance, all he did was take a page out of the book of Jigsaw. Right? Like, sure. that is... It's from the book. It's like, it's not actually in the real story... It's just that it's like, oh, we've heard of the Jigsaw Killer. Oh, I would like to do some similar murders. I would like to make my my point via this familiar, uh, you know, circumstance. And I'm going to use that. 
But again, I think there's a much more creative way to do that in 2020 and 2021 as we move forward into the 2020s. Uh, we have such creative horror coming out now. Such unbelievably creative horror filmmakers doing things we've never seen with horror before. And I would like to see that being done with these kinds of concepts. Yeah. On that note, let's leave it with one more, just one more question, which is what is your favorite trap of the whole franchise? Oh, can you go first? Sure. The, uh, I think it's called the pound of flesh trap. Uh, I believe it's the mm, opener be- of beginning of six. six? Yeah. Right. Uh, where two people involved in like, uh, predatory lending schemes have to like cut off more flesh and put it on the scale than the other in order to survive. Mm-hmm. And a woman cuts off her arm which to win. Which is so wise. She does a, the 100% right thing, which is that he's trying to actually carve away his own flesh. Yeah. And she's like, I will never win if I just hack away at myself. I'm going to take something that weighs a lot and yeah. just toss it on the scale. I think it's really interesting. It's really fucked up. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, I don't know, the stakes of it are really high. I really like that. Yeah. What's yours? I'm sure I have another one if I gave it more thought that I would say. But the one that I always return to is in five um, I described it a lot earlier of like these people, supposed, they're supposed to work together and they never do. Um, and there, there's two of them at the end. And what you have to do is give the machine a certain amount of blood. And so they realize quickly that like one of them could just kill the other and give the blood and that would be easy. Um, but what actually makes more sense for them both to survive is that they have to put their hand in a machine and at a, a, a saw, saw is going to cut like starting from in between their uh, ring and middle fingers and just slice down their whole arm. And mm-hmm. that's how they'll give it the blood. And they do it. They do it and they survive. And their, arm, like, their arms are literally cut in half lengthwise, which there's something to me that's so horrifying about that. Yeah. It is. But it's but it's also like it's their victory. Like I really hate I really hate it happens so much in Saw movies when they do the horrible evil thing um to themselves or to somebody else and that and then the person still dies like it's it's a bummer it always feels like it kind of like i get it always in the storytelling like this had to happen but it always feels like oh that sucks you know like that they actually did it like they did the hard thing and that person still died that's a fucking bummer and so the fact that these two um like did it and survived and got out of the the, the cage was just a really like i i always return to it as like it's so horrifying and disgusting but also like great yeah it's insane that's the Saw franchise. <sighs> our next episode will be our hundredth, though. As we mentioned, we've already, we're already past that point. This yeah. is what is this if not a now screaming episode? Yeah. <laughs> but official official hundred will be uh, coming up soon. I'm excited about it. Me too. There might be a little bit of a. It might a take wait. some time yeah. to put that together, <laughs> but uh, hopefully this will tide you over until then. Yep. All right. Until next time, everybody. Stay spooky. Stay spooky. Stay spooky.